Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Kevin. I'm the, it's my honor to be the lead pastor here at Hope. And what a delight it is this morning to be worshiping God with you all, to be celebrating God's goodness together. Whether you're here with us in person or you're joining on the live stream, it is just such a beautiful day. It's October. Woo, where'd that come from, right? And being October, it, it means a few different things. There's a few different things. I mean, it is officially flannel season for one, guys. I'm delighted. I see you, Kevin. I see, uh-huh, I see that flannel. It is a great day because uh, it's flannel season. What else? Pumpkin spice has invaded everything. Once again, food, beverages, scents, clothes, sheets, I don't know, whatever. If it is something you can sell, you can find it flavored in pumpkin spice. I did some research. Pringles. Pumpkin spice Pringles. Pumpkin spice scented deodorant. And in case you want your dog to match, pumpkin spice scented dog shampoo. And then, might make me a little sick, pumpkin spice toothpaste. No, come Lord Jesus. And stores, uh, you know, going shopping, stores, it's just in general, it's October, it's a really weird space because I was shocked. I walked into Lowe's the other day and uh, you're just greeted with all the Christmas decorations. But then, then you take all the vacant stores and they magically have become what? Halloween stores. Halloween stores. Just like, that's the only way I really know when stores shut down is when it becomes a Halloween store. Tis the season for all things spooky, creepy, dark, and haunting. For your staff that prays through and plans our our series along with the elders, it's got us thinking. Halloween, it's just one example of humans' interests in things that are not natural. Not just not natural, but perhaps even supernatural. In case there's any copyright issues, this has nothing to do with the TV show called Supernatural. Supernatural. Things you can't fully explain. Perhaps you can't even see or you can't even touch. Things that fill you with mystery, awe, wonder, or fear, speculation, and fright. Around this time of year, it seems we, we pay more attention to these types of things. And so we thought, as a church, we would collectively turn our attention towards the supernatural side of faith. Both the good and the bad. The light side and the dark side. The wonder, but also the danger. This is the first message in our series called Supernatural. We're going to go through the series throughout all of October. And so next week, we're going to do a deep dive on our enemy, God's enemy, the accuser, the adversary, the father of lies, the ruler of darkness, the defeated one, Satan. And then the following two weeks, Pastor Curry's going to bring us uh, some messages. And the first one is about our weapon against the enemy. We're going to talk about the supernatural word of God. And then the week following that, he'll bring a message on the supernatural way that God calls us and works in and through our lives as God's servants. 
And then we'll wrap the series up right in the shadow of Halloween on October 30th, considering the enemy's servants, demons. So that's where we're going. But today, today is all about the sacraments. The sacraments. I like to call it the tangible mystery. So to help us frame this, we're gonna, I'm going to first read from one of our confessions. One of our confessions. You know the Heidelberg Catechism? We also have a couple others that we proclaim, accurately reveal or, or proclaim the truth of Scripture to us. And so I'm going to read from Belgic Confession, Article 33. Now, the way these confessions work is they're all seeped in Scripture. And so there's like a, the long list of the citations that this confession is written, just this article from. Okay, we'll have more Scripture to come as well. This would be considered confessional preaching when you begin with this, and it's, it's all kosher, just to let you know, all right? <laughs> right, Curry? <laughs> but don't worry, this is still grounded and seeped in God's true word. So let us go, let's hear what this has to say about the sacraments to help us, help us articulate this a little bit better. This is what the Belgic Confession says. We believe that our good God, mindful of our crudeness and our weakness, has ordained sacraments for us to seal his promises in us, to pledge goodwill and grace toward us, and also to nourish and sustain our faith. God has added these to the word of the gospel to represent better to our external senses both what God enables us to understand by the word and what he does inwardly in our hearts, confirming in us the salvation that he imparts to us. For they are visible signs and seals of something internal and invisible by means of which God works in us through the power of the Holy Spirit. So they're not empty and hollow signs to fool and deceive us. For their truth is Jesus Christ, without whom they would be nothing. Moreover, we're satisfied with the number of sacraments that Christ our Master has ordained for us. There are only two, sacrament of baptism and the Holy Supper of Jesus Christ. The sacraments. We're going to look at them mostly in a more general sense. Uh, because you have just witnessed the baptism, you heard the words and, and, and what that is. And in just a little bit of time, Pastor Curry is going to lead us through the Lord's Supper as well. But for now, let's consider these two together. Now, different faith traditions hold different views on the sacraments. Some believe that there are seven sacraments, but in our faith heritage, out of the Reformed tradition and our theology, we acknowledge two sacraments, baptism and the Lord's Supper. Scripture teaches us that Jesus himself instituted the Lord's Supper. We see that in, in Matthew 26 and Mark 14 and Luke 22 and 1 Corinthians 11. Paul talks of it. And then we also see it in his great commission in Matthew 28. He instructs us to baptize disciples of all nations in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, as we just did a few moments ago. This word sacrament— you won't find it in the Bible. It's not there. You can look. It won't be there. You should, you should look. You should read your Bible and look for it. You won't find it, but you can read the whole Bible looking for it. That's a good thing. But the word itself comes from the Greek, Greek word called mysterion. It's a cool word, isn't it? Mysterion. It means secret. Or that which transcends human understanding. Sacraments transcend our understanding. 
They are beyond our ability to grasp. The sacraments, they reveal the mysterious and the transcendent work of God. Look at what it says in Romans 11 about the transcendence of our God. Oh, the depths of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments. How inscrutable his ways. For who has known the mind of our Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Or who has given a gift to him that he has to repay? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. Amen. Then earlier in the book of Isaiah, we hear God's own words who says, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. See, the sacraments, they're, they're the visible. We can see them and they're tangible. We can feel them. Revelation of God. Just as the Bible, this is the written word of God. Just as true preaching of the word is the, is the spoken word of God. Just as Jesus Christ was the living, breathing word of God, the sacraments are the visible, tangible revelation of God. They are like visibly enacted sermons that, that bring vividly before our mind the mystery of the gospel message that Christ died and rose for us and that his death and his resurrection cleanse us from sin and offers us new life. Sacraments, an outward and a visible sign of an inward and invisible grace. So the sacraments, you've probably heard it through this teaching, it, they represent to us, they are, they are these reminders to us of, of God's, both his transcendence and his eminence. The transcendence of God, that means that God is outside of humanity's full experience, perception, or, or grasp. As the text we just read illuminate, his ways are so beyond our own that we can never fully comprehend God. They are so different. He is so different from us. And that is such a gift of grace that he is different than us. That he is so much better, so much higher, so much other than us. But he's not just transcendent. He is also at the very same time imminent, which means the imminence of God, that is that he is knowable. He is perceivable. He is graspable. We may not fully come to know him, but we do get to know him some through his word, through the person of Jesus Christ, and through the sacraments. Look at what it says in Psalm 139. We know we can see and, 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 and touch God and know God. For as the psalmist writes, Where shall I go from your spirit? Where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in shale, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. Isn't this beautiful? In the supper, if the supper marks Jesus' sacrifice and his his atonement for our sins that that transcends our understanding, then the waters of baptism, they mark us of God's own. 
That Marcus is God's own. That means his right hand even now holds you. Even now holds you. For you belong to him. Body and soul, you belong to him. Wherever you go, he is there. He is holding you. He is comforting you. He is protecting you. He is guiding you. For he has marked you as his own. So in the sacraments, we can proclaim there is something about them that is beyond our understanding. There's something beyond our understanding at work here. Some might say it's somewhat supernatural, if you will, while also being tangible. It is something we can touch. It is something we can experience. We can experience the beauty of the tangible good news of Christ. God, his love, his promises, his sacrifice, his victory is as sure is as sure and real as this water. It is as sure, it is as real as this bread and this cup. We can see it, we can taste it, and we can believe the good news of Jesus Christ. For Jesus is our living water, and he gives us this bread of life, and he offers us this cup of salvation. Tim Keller had this to say about the sacraments. We call them sacraments because through them, God's blessing and grace comes to us in unique ways. You see, they're not just personal individual experiences because we are members of a community. And baptism and the Lord's Supper shows that we belong to that community. The covenant community. The people who belong to Jesus. Friends, we have to hang on to this profound truth. The sacraments, they unite us to God. And they unite us to God's people. So in this supernatural life and battle that we are all a part of, we have an assurance that we're not alone. We're not alone at all. The darkness will not win. God has won. We are his people. His spirit is with us. And the sacraments are the sign and our seal of this profound truth. God's grace gracious and God's generous action, that is the primary focus of the sacraments. It's not what we do. We receive them in faith, but it's all about what God has done. The sacraments are signs. You hear that said? They are signs because they, they point our attention back to Jesus Christ as presented in the gospel, and thus they remind us of his grace that is offered to the entire world. But they're not just signs. They are also seals. And the seal is what assures us that God's grace and his promise, they are given to us in particular. They're offered to the whole world, and they're given to us in particular. The word, word seal, it's, a, it's the same as a—we don't do this anymore. I think we should reclaim this because it's a cool act. It's the wax seal of, like, an official document, like the king's seal, right? And they, that is official. It is marked. This is it. No one can ever refute that it is true. It is right, right? It is, it is a seal. That's where that word comes from. It's official. It's legally binding. So in this context, baptism is where God takes the general promise of the gospel 
and applies it specifically to us. He seals us with his unbreakable promise. The covenant that you read all throughout scripture and baptism, it's him saying, yes, and also for you, also for you. I covenant these things to and with you. We are his forever. We are sealed as his forever. And at this table, the Lord's table, we are sealed to the profound truth that Christ died, yes, for the whole world. But yes, also specifically for you. That, as real as the bread and cup is to our lips, is the salvation that is found in Christ alone. Baptism marks us as a child of God, of our new identity in him. So in baptism, we remember who we are in Christ, that that we have been united to him in his death and his resurrection, and he claims us as his own, as it says in Colossians 2, verse 12. We are a new creation. We have new life in Christ. As you said, Joyce, our sins have been removed as far as the east is from the west. Try and calculate that math equation. It's an infinite amount. And this new life that we have, it is sustained. It is sustained throughout all of our life just as we celebrate the sustenance that we receive at the table. Communion. In communion, we remember who Christ is and what he has done for us. And we partake of the elements that represent his body and his blood. Jesus draws our attention to this deep and profound way in which Jesus' life is now joined to ours. He is our sustenance. He is our daily bread. And the life that we celebrate at this table is Christ's life himself. Baptism marks the beginning of new life in Christ. The Lord's Supper, supper excuse me, is the meal that sustains us on the journey. And together they convey the same essential truth, our union with Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. We are marked as his own now and forever. We are washed clean. He is the source of life. He is our freedom from death. He will sustain us for the journey. Water and meal, simple elements, simple elements, and yet all we need for life. And he has given us all that we need. He has given us himself. The living water, the supernatural meal, this bountiful harvest are the gifts of God for the people of God. And so it is my prayer, all of ours prayer, that that we can see how the sacraments are, yes, indeed, a beautiful mystery, something we can never fully comprehend or understand, but also how wonderfully tangible they also are. That as we approach this table, as we prepare for this feast, that we might remember, that you might remember your baptismal identity, that you are a child of God Most High, And at this table, we remember the Savior of the world who claims you as his own. As we prepare, as we approach, we join in this day with all brothers and sisters from across the globe. And as we bask in the afterglow of the waters of baptism, 
We're reminded of the promise that these gifts proclaim. The grace of God on full display. A grace that transcends all understanding. A grace that conquered the grave for you. A grace that claims you, loves you, and will never let you go. He is yours and you are his forever and ever and ever. This is the good news. As it says in Romans, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Mm-mm. As it is written, for your sake, yes, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. It is hard out there. You'll have trouble on the journey. But no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen. This is the promise that we hold dear to in the sacraments because he holds dearly to us. Praise be to him. Praise be to God. We thank him for his sacraments. We thank him for himself. We praise his holy name now and forevermore. Amen. 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 Why don't you join me in prayer? Almighty God, what a gift you are. What a gift you are. What a gift you are, and what a gift that you have revealed yourself to us through your sacraments through the waters of baptism, through the table. We rejoice, Lord. We rejoice in the wonderful mystery of it all, God. And the beauty that we can say we don't even need to know it all because we can know you. So give us faith for the journey. Give us hope and trust that is found in you. Prepare our hearts even now for this meal of what we are about to partake of together. We love you, God. We thank you, God. We pray this all in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.